This is the Kingdom Link Podcast. Wherever you are, whatever your age, no matter your calling, we invite you to join the Kingdom Link. Now let's get connected with a brand new podcast. So here we are, 2023. Wow. What a great opportunity the new year brings. And that's what we're going to talk to you about today is taking advantage of the clean slate that the new year has for us. And um, we have the opportunity with each new year to try some new things, to improve and get better. And that is what this podcast is about today. This episode is about, and and I'm so excited to be back with uh, David, uh, here at the microphone, uh, Kingdom Link Podcast. David, why don't you get us rolling as we talk about new year and new beginnings? Well, Dan, it's a great honor to be back, and I'm finally happy to be back doing podcasts with you. I want to thank everybody that reached out to us again, like you said before. It's good knowing that there's somebody listening, it's people reaching out, so it's a great Yes. Uh, encourager to keep going. But for this new episode for 2023, we wanted to entitle this New Year, New Beginnings because at the turn of the year, it's a common conception of something called a New Year's resolution. Yes. And so with that idea of New Year's resolution, we think New Year, New Me. We think of things that we're going to change within ourselves. We think of things that we're going to do differently, new aspects, new lifestyles, whatever. Yes. All things that we think of because when that clock strikes midnight, it's a clean slate for everybody. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah, it's such a blessing to be able to have that uh that white uh you know, whiteboard as it were that we can go ahead and then start working on what the next year is going to be and what it looks like and and we can say goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to to the previous year. And I think that could be just as healthy as Looking forward to the next year yes. is saying goodbye to the last year, especially yes. for those that didn't have a successful year, didn't have a thriving year, a revival year, that now you can think of 2023 as opportunity yes. instead of continuing on in your drudgery. So anyway, one thing that we wanted to cover in this episode today is understanding New Year's resolutions. So I want to talk about understanding resolutions. That's something that we have done for time and time again, you always hear of, oh, what's your New Year's resolution? What are you doing this year? What are you writing down? Yeah. You know, everybody, that's why you see so many uh, fitness gyms commercials in January, and that's the <laughs> only month that you see them because they're trying to bank on all of those New Year's resolutions where you're going yes. to lose 50 pounds this yes. year. But the idea behind creating a New Year's resolution they say was created anywhere from 200 years ago, and some believe even up to 1,000 to 4,000 years ago. So, well, I've come to find out they don't really understand exactly where it came from. They just yeah. know the concept is pretty old. Interestingly enough, uh, a few sources say that it was actually the Babylonians that started, started this idea of a New Year's resolution. Leave it to the Babylonians. Leave it to the Babylonians. Yes. You take that as you will. Um Look up the story of Daniel if you want to see how the Babylonians were uh, viewed, but we'll just leave that at that. Yes. However, uh, 
These people came up with this idea, and I do like their reasonings for it. At okay. least what this uh, article wrote that their reasonings were for turning of the new year. See, the year wouldn't start for them on January 1st like it does for us, obviously. Mm -hmm. But it would actually start around March, March and April time, because it was around the time when it was time to start planting their crops. Okay. And so at this time of the year, they would begin planting crops. They would crown their new king. Mm -hmm. But another thing that caught my attention is, and I think that it's a good mindset to have when you have the right reason. I don't necessarily think the Babylonians always had the right reason. Um, again, you know, reference something we said earlier, but they would make promises to pay off their debts at this turn of the year. That was one of their new year's resolution. I promised to pay off my debts. They would promise to the people that loaned them money, that loaned them equipment, that loaned them seed, that they were going to pay them off. Listen, I see. you gave this to me yeah. as, and I'm indebted to you, but I'm going to pay this off that they would return what was owed to them. Mm -hmm. And it made me think of how I view my New Year's resolution, that how I should view it should be in the sense of God gave me another year, mm -hmm. and it's another year I don't deserve. Mm -hmm. It's another year that His blood has covered me, another year that I stand under His atonement. So in that sense, I owe it to God to reap, if that makes any sense, what He sowed into my life. He's given me this new year, so I owe it to God to give this year back to God. Yeah. If that makes sense. Well, well, David says in, in the Psalms, David says that we're to count our days. Mm -hmm. And if we're going to count our days, then shouldn't our days count? Mm, that's good. Mm. So I owe it to God to grow this year further than I did last year. Mm -hmm. I owe it to him to grow intellectually. I owe it to grow to, through him spiritually, emotionally, mentally. I owe this to God mm -hmm. because he has given me something that I could not supply myself with, and that's a new year. Yes. Because God blessed me with another year under his blood, I owe it to him to use that blessing more than I ever have before. In Colossians chapter 2, the writer pins that famous verse in verse 10, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Yes. But he didn't stop there because in verse 14 it says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. And the English Standard Version says it like this, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Yes. So like I was saying earlier, he took something that I owed. Mm -hmm. When I sinned, when I was born into sin, I owed that. Yet Jesus came right. over 2,000 years ago and died on a cross. So this year, I need to make sure that his sacrifice isn't in vain in my life. Why waste the year that God's given to me? Mm -hmm. Why waste the opportunity for a fresh start? Why should I waste this year that I don't deserve? Why not make the most of it? I say, let's push on. I say, grow young leader, grow older leader. Yes. Look to this year and look for greater things to take with what was given to you. I think that is a very important observation that we need to grow 
that, uh, you know, Jesus made the statement that is really hard for us to swallow sometime. When he, in Matthew, he said in chapter five and verse 48, he said, be therefore perfect, even as your father, which is in heaven is perfect. Now that seems like an impossibility to me. Yeah. That saying yeah. that, that would be just like you, you telling me jump to the moon when I, you know, can't hardly get six inches off the ground. Yeah. So, uh, but, but when you begin to look at what Jesus is really saying, he's not saying being perfect in, in the sense of perfection because there is none that has the perfection like God. Mm-hmm. God is the perfect being. But um, I like how the message reads this because the word perfection is really about maturing and about growing up. And, um, but the message reads, in a word, what I'm saying is grow up. Mm. Your kingdom subjects, now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously toward others the way God lives towards you. And the Bible is very, uh, very clear that there there is a, a growth that takes place. That's what a disciple is. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was thinking about this the other day. A leader is really a disciple. Oh yeah, that for is, sure. That is, you know, following the Lord. It's the same mindset. It is the same mindset that that we've got to grow. If we're going to be a good leader, we've got to grow. We have to invest in ourselves. We've got to invest some time and be willing to leave something because there is a principle in Scripture uh, um, of entering and leaving. When you enter something, you're leaving something else. Right. When you enter a new season, then you're leaving and moving on to something else. Well, in that aspect, I view it along the same lines as a farmer planting crop. Yeah. You can have a terrible harvest year, but then that new planting season comes in and there's hope mm-hmm. that you can have a thriving year. Yeah. Or you can have a year that you yielded amazing crop. Right. It was a perfect uh, moisture. Everything was perfect. And this new year... It's kind of up in the air. Yeah. That's what I find so interesting about living for God is that everybody in this world, when I talk about the secular world, everything's up in the air. You don't know where you're going to go. You don't know where you're going to land. It's going to be money. could be drugs. could be whatever your heart desires. And sometimes living for God could feel like that, but we have something that no other thing does. Yes. And that's his word Yeah, that we can look to that we can strive towards. And, I mean, the Bible does say it's a lamp unto our feet. What does that do? It shows us our next step. Yes. So when we walk into a new year, and if we're concerned, go to the Word. Yes, sir. And I think it's important as you begin a new year, and I think it's important in your life in general, that uh, that we have a vision, that we value vision for our life. Can we see where we're supposed to be going? Um, I go back to what? Uh, a story we have told quite frequently that uh, where, you know, David was just four years old and um, we were on a vacation and uh, we were walking down the trail of the woods and he went on ahead of us. And then he turned around and said to uh, my wife and I and said, and to, to Whitney said, I'm the leader. Where are we going? 
you know, and and that's that pretty ha- accurate today too. Sometimes. It is. It is. I can tell you, uh, pastoring for you know quite a few years, um, I feel like sometimes I'm the leader. I don't know. I don't have a clue where we're going. Mm-hmm. But if God gives you a vision, if you have, and sometimes a vision uh, uh, can be just a few words, but if you have a vision of what you're where you're going and what you're trying to accomplish, then you can fulfill the mission of what you're trying to do. And I don't know why I can't get away from this thought process of God just giving us the next step. Us as humans, I would love to, when I step into the ministry, have a picture given to me by God that shows me every step of the way. Yeah. Shows me where I'm going to be in five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, Mm -hmm. all the way until I die. That would be amazing. But but, it, but he doesn't. He doesn't. And there's purpose for that. Yes. Uh, and so that's why, again, that verse says, he's a light to my path, a lamp unto my feet. Mm-hmm. It does. It's not a spotlight that shines 100 yards. No. He shows you your next steps. Then you've got a step. You've got to take a step. Well, you have to and take a step to go what? to the next one. You've got to have vision to be able to take the next step. Yes. Or else you could trip up. Yeah. You have to... You have to have vision, I think, in your life, and and what 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 is a vision but direction? It's it's understanding, you know, like like um, a lot of people can debate over vision statements and what they are and what they're all about, and and there's confusion about a vision statement and a mission statement. And, and personally, I can it's sometimes that I think that people are so focused on the phrasing yeah. than they are the vision. Yeah, I think we can get carried away on we've got to have a statement rather than I've got to see God move in my family or in my church or in my ministry. And I and I, I understand that. I think it is very important that the bottom line is pleasing the Lord. But again, if you don't know where you're going, right? If you don't have some kind of direction, and it could be as simple as what we say here, what we feel like the vision is for our church here at MPC. Um, we are a church that's bringing hope and building lives as an authentic apostolic church. And uh, um, that, that's that's kind of the, the heartbeat of what mm-hmm. we're trying to do. Now, we don't reach that if we don't get up and start walking. Mm. That's right. As you, like you said, a lamp to mm-hmm. my feet and a light to my pathway. So I think it's very important to have a vision for growth and to be able to go Forward, right. you know, there, there's a passive scripture in Hebrews that the writer says, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. Mm. And again, that word perfection is maturity, right? Let us go on to maturity. You know, I don't want to be a leader that's still sucking the bottle of my insecurities, mm-hmm. I don't want to be a leader that I'm still dealing with, uh, you know, negative traits, right. and bad habits. And so every year we have a chance. To redevelop, to to reassess, and do to calibrate. We, to calibrate—that's mm-hmm. a very good word. We we need to calibrate, mm-hmm. and not just the beginning of the year. Throughout the year, is to calibrate and see. Right. Well, and I think that I would hate to view the new year as something. Well, everybody does New Year's resolutions, so I'm not going to because I yeah. don't need to. Why not take the opportunity to self-evaluate? Not just your leadership, but your ministry, your family, yes. your church. Take the opportunity that God's given to us in a fresh slate of 2023. Yes. Use it to your advantage. Well, I think I, you hit on something there that I think is very important when you face the new year is we need to take time 
to self-evaluate, mm-hmm. to evaluate ourselves. I'll be very honest with you when it comes to uh, the new year and having fresh ideas. And for years, I was constantly, I'm going to try this app. I'm going to try this way. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to use this uh this day planner, and I'm going to use that. I'm going to, I'm going to try this, and I, and I've over the years I have tried a bunch until you know I said it to you before the, we started recording. I, you know I feel like that um, I have been in appology. That is a fancy word, isn't it? Yeah, that's apology. <laughs> App apathy. App apathy. Yes, but you know, and, and you can get so bogged down in creating a system. And creating things. Well, the material is abundant out there. Oh, yes, it is. I mean, my goodness, you look all over the internet, and there's thousands, if not millions, of resources that everybody's pushing for this new year. And it's easy to get bogged down. It is. That's why we have to be very self-aware and look at our honestly at ourselves and say, is that really my personality? Mm -hmm. Because my system... I think everybody needs a system. Everybody needs oh, absolutely. something that would help them stay regimented through their calendar or through right. whatever. But what works for me is probably not going to work for you. So you have to be self-aware. Yeah, you, that's exactly right. That's exactly the point I was about to make was that you have to understand yourself before you can start making resolutions that impact yourself. Yeah. Because I can read every article on New Year's resolutions, and if it doesn't work for my personality or for my thinking, it's not going to work. It could even cause more harm than it would good. And 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 if somebody would step up and say, okay, here's my system, here's the way that I do my calendar, it would probably give some people hives because yeah. that's not the way their brain works. Right, right. And, uh, you well, know. And I think that takes us into a good spot here. Uh when you are making a New Year's resolution, I think personally that if you are going to make them, put them into categories. Okay. And there's a reason for that. So all major business uh, advisories have writings and articles on the topic coming into 2023. Mm-hmm. And I know we're coming into the last part of January here uh, when this podcast comes out. And probably 75% of us have already given up on our New Year's resolutions. <laughs> I understand that. They say that ni- or like 60-something percent of all New Year's resolutions die by like the third day, which is insane to me. But going on. So Insider Magazine has, and I quote, 10 New Year's resolutions every leader should adopt in 2023. Mm. CCL or Center for Creative Leadership has, and I quote, leadership resolutions to lead yourself into 2023. Mm -hmm. And I could continue on reading and reading. Google had about 4 million results for me when I search leadership resolutions for 2023. All right. So when I say that the material is boundless, I literally say it's boundless. And that's the danger because we can then get all into the fog of everything. It can be a wired mess. and, and, And my personality is I try. Everything. I'll try everything. I want to see what the newest and latest and greatest is. That's my nature. I want to see there's got to be something out there to do better. Oh, yeah. Until I found something that worked for me, Mm -hmm. and then I became content with it. Right. So everybody and their cousin has some time, some kind of resolution. Yeah. And everyone thinks that theirs is the answer to every question. Yes. Because, you know, everybody's got an opinion. They're like armpits. Everybody's got one, and 75% of them stink. 
Mm-hmm. We all know someone who acts like they just seem to have all the answers. Yeah. And they even push that they have this perfect life. Yeah. But the whole idea of a resolution is so that it gives us an opportunity at a blank canvas of the year. We've agreed to that. And we know that looking into a new year can be dawning. We sure. said that. It's it's scary. It's thinking what could happen. It's the unknown that becomes a scary subject to us. It's the mystery that makes us fear, especially for those in a leadership role or for those in a spiritual position in your local mm-hmm. assembly, frantically praying and searching for a focus for the year, mm-hmm. planning out events, contacting speakers, evangelists, pastors, and who knows, everybody knows that pastors are the worst to get a hold of. Really? Uh, Yes. Yes, I will say it. (laughs) Pastors, you are terrible to get a hold of. Check your calendars and text us back. (laughs) But you're contacting them to come to your church or to their business, filling that ever-growing calendar. And Mm -hmm. now on top of all of that, it's time for you to sit down and see what you can improve on on yourself and then act on those resolutions to meet your goal. And when you think of it like that, that becomes a little challenging. It does. So that's where categorizing your resolutions can help. You need to break yourself down into categories. See what's out there, see how it affects yourself, and then put it into a few categories. The best ways that I've found to categorize myself are in Mm -hmm. one of three areas of my life. Okay. So I've got three categories that I usually put my resolutions in. The first one is self-growth. Okay. It's a good one. Self-growth. The second is outward example. Okay. And I'm going to I'm going to be describing these here yeah. in a minute. Okay. And then the third one is kingdom connection. So the first one, self-growth. Self-growth, sorry. How can I help myself improve? Mm. Okay? This is internally. Okay. If I want to be someone that people want to follow, I need to be someone who is worthy of being followed. So I need to look at myself. You know, we sing that old song, put the searchlight of heaven on my soul. Mm-hmm. I need to look within myself. Yes. So every year, take some time and check on yourself. That, that goes to, to what we talked about a while ago, the self-awareness, having the self-awareness and, and to examine ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible, again, gives us clarity about before you start judging that person that has got a speck in their eye, you need to go the examine... Mo- the, the log that's in yours. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's one way that a lot of people view it. But I think on the flip side of that is something that ministers can also deal with is that where's my self-esteem? Mm. Am I low right now? Mm-hmm. Am I bogging myself down? How do I view myself? Can yeah. I grow in healthy self-esteem? I'm not talking about ego. I'm not talking about pride. I'm talking about being sure of yourself. Mm-hmm. Am I sure of myself this year? Confidence. Am I, yes, exactly. That's a perfect word, confidence. Do I have a healthy outlook on my life? Not one, like I said, that's egotistical, but one that's honest and needed. Mm-hmm. If you're a leader, you got to be sure of yourself. Yes. And, and like we're saying, Inse- I can't stress it enough. It's not ego. Insecurity is a leadership yeah. killer. Yes, it is. And and then on that, it's kind of like on one spectrum where you on the spectrum where it's you're the on flip one of side, a coin. You, you've got the insecurity on the other side. You've got the uh, uh, the one that is the uh, arrogant, yeah, jerk, yes, uh, narcissistic, mm-hmm. uh, all me kind of leadership. That's that's not the confidence that is biblical. No, the confidence in biblical is that 
I can do all things through Christ with strength. And Absolutely. Move. That's confidence. Yes. That's confidence because it says I can do. Mm-hmm. But, but then I'm the funny in, thing is that I'm, he also points that I can't do it. Without. But, but because of God, right. I can. Right. Which, yep. But if you are not sure in yourself, mm-hmm. others won't be sure in you either. It's true. So you as a leader have to be sure in yourself. Mm-hmm. What's that say? I'm sure in myself and I'm sure in God. Mm-hmm. If you doubt yourself, others are going to doubt you too. Yes. This is where self-growth can step in and help in a great way. And like we've said so many times before, you see it at your local assembly, and I'll say it again, it all starts with repentance and the spotlight of heaven on your life. Psalms one ninety or 139 and 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. When David is saying, try me, he isn't trying to be aggressive. He's not like some brute jerk that's saying, try me, God. You know, go ahead, try it. Yeah. Try me. But what this is, it's a cry for God to de- test David to see where his shortcomings are. Yeah, absolutely. God, where can I grow? Where am I failing? Mm-hmm. Show me, point them out to me mm-hmm. so that I can work on it. And and this is key to, I think, to you know the self-awareness and realize and... and, and and po- those of you listening today, listen, we, we don't want to come across like, hey, we know we got the best plan. We're the best. We're the best organized. Both David and I have um, pretty close to the same kind of personality. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we are, if you've ever done the the animal uh, personality thing that we've done here at the church, you know, we're both uh, otter lions. And uh, so... That that you know we're looking for the funnest, the, the nicest right. things, and then we're going to push our way through to get it. Right. But we come. Up, I, I, let me speak for me. Let me let me speak for myself. I come up short on my plan. Sometimes mm-hmm. I've planned my year out. I've got me a system. I'm trying to go forward, and and I don't always make it. Right. But the real thing is, don't quit. Yes. Reassess. Right. Okay. This is what my resolution is. This is what my plan is. This is what my vision is. Okay. I'm going to reassess mm-hmm. and say, okay, how can I do better? Because here's the the thing that's a, a really challenging part of the new year is is we often overload ourselves with I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. That's why I like your categories. Right. That's why I think that's very important. Well, and this brings me back to my example of the farmer. If he has a poor yielding year, he mm-hmm. can't dwell on that. No. He's got to go forward onto the next year. But sometimes there's got to come a year where you got to burn the field. Ooh. And you got to get rid of some stuff. <laughs> Start all over. Start from fresh. Yeah. Yeah. But when David is saying this to God, he's saying, point out my shortcomings so that I can work on it. That's yeah. where growth can be had. If you can't be corrected by authority, whether it be your pastor, your bishop, or the greatest authority in God himself, you need some self-growth. Yeah. Because growth of the Spirit starts at the gravesite of the flesh. Ooh, say that again. Growth of the Spirit starts at the gravesite of the flesh. This brings me back to the burning of the fields. Yeah. There's a reason, and I'm saying this, I'm from southern Indiana, and I work at a feed mill. I'm around farming all of the time. Yeah. I understand it. When you burn a field, it brings new fertil- uh, fertilization yes. to the soil. Yes. So that new growth 
has an excelled opportunity for growth. Mm, that's good. So when you burn your flesh, when you die, when you repent, that puts you in a place to where you can excel. Yes. In a new year. Good. I can achieve self-growth by knowing how I view and talk to myself. Am I abusive to myself? Do I hate myself? Do I constantly mm. talk bad about myself? Mm-hmm. Am I burning my own hand? Not in a way that I'm trying to uh, keep myself in line, but if I'm always hating who I am and everything that makes me me, I'm not going to grow. Yes. You got to be confident in yourself. Know who you are. Love Absolutely. who you are. God made me this way. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. We need healthy thoughts towards ourselves. Mm-hmm. Self-growth understands it's not all about me, though. Mm-hmm. When I can understand that there is a mission greater than myself and I can be comfortable in who I am, you can achieve greatness. Yes, when we speak of self-growth, we like to think of all the great things about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm just so good looking. I'm the best. Ooh. I'm the smartest. I'm the coolest. Yeah. We like to think of all the good and nice things others talk about us. I notice how I'm not giving much examples on that one. But self-growth <laughs> is a two-sided coin. Yeah. We talked about this. It's that either egotistical jerk or the guy who's Eeyore in Winnie the Pooh. And the it thing, the thing about the thing, me. yeah, what was me? Here's here's the deal. Both of those are pride. Mm. Yes, they are. Both of those are pride. No, poor me. You know this, which is ride. funny because people don't view it that way. No, they don't. But on that flip side, on you know, in that's just as much pride. It's just a different kind. Like like we were talking about, a different part of the spectrum. And I think you know you're hitting on something to to really be self aware. You got to spend time. With you and God mm. alone. Yes, sir. In that closet. You have to spend time, turn off the phone. Yep. Turn off the streaming videos. Yep. Get yourself Get away. alone with God. Mm-hmm. Because to me, Jesus gave us the example over and over again. He was alone. Praying. Praying with the Father. Yep. And when he come out, I love the fact that he went in to the wilderness led by the Spirit. Mm. When he come out, he come out in the power of the Spirit. There's a reason that's worded like that in the it, Bible. It, absolutely, because, because you know he knew who he was. That's the first temptation that mm-hmm. Satan can come against him. If you are the Son of God, yep. you know, you don't know who you are. Oh, yes, I know who I am. I live by the by the word of absolutely. God. Absolutely. It's really important, I think, in this generation full of selfies, uh, social media. Self edification. Self edif- you know, people wanting to be influencers, and and it's really about promoting their flesh. You know, there, there's such a such a drug today of of you know of self importance. And it's funny that I used them as an example earlier, but it's the cry of Babylon that it says, is. "I am God, and there I is am. none else." I am, and and so I think it is good to have self uh, right. uh, being self aware. That's something that that I think that 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 our our listeners today can take and say, okay, I'm gonna work on that, right? Because I'll come out more confident mm-hmm. as Jesus went in with the Spirit. Oh yeah, and come out with power. And like I said, self growth is a two sided coin, though. I need to be comfortable in who I am so that I can grow as a father, leader, or minister. But then the writer also says in John three and thirty. He must increase, yes, but I must decrease. Yes. If you want the best out of your life, yes, you can 
influence yourself. Yes, you can promote yourself. Yes, you need to encourage yourself. You need to be the best you you can be. But I must decrease. Yes. So that he can increase. So that's the first one, self-growth. Okay. The second example or the second category for resolutions that I like to cover is outward example. Okay. So I've got a reason that I'm putting them in these order. Outward example is how can I better lead those around me? Mm. This is externally. Right. How can I be a better example externally? I need to work on myself before I try to work on other people or to begin to deal with others. But another place where I like to see growth in my life is the way I impact those around me. Right. The way I can be an example to others. Jesus said in Matthew 7 and 3, And why thou beholdest the mote that is in thy brother's eye, <laughs> but considerest not the beam that is in thy own eye. Right. You know, that is just such a, a common verse that's brought out. And it's, it's funny because it's usually brought out by judgmental people outside of the church. Mm-hmm. Well, you're judging me, but you got that big old beam in your eye. Yeah. But there's a reason Jesus said this. But Jesus didn't stop at that verse. No, he didn't. Because in verse 5 of Matthew 7, he says, Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam of thine own eye, and then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote in thy brother's eye. Mm. He's not saying, don't judge others, don't, don't try to correct others. He said, no, get yourself in line. So you can help them. So that you can help them. Yes, it was still to help the person, yes. but just get yourself in order first. Yeah, that's that's all Jesus was trying to say there. Yes. Get yourself in order, then you can help others get the moat out of their eye. The problem with the modern church today, in my opinion, is that we like to point out the moat in our brother's eye without being the type of person that has the authority to point it out. Mm. We need to be in a place of anointing, of leadership, and of authority and in our place with our own, like you said, getting alone with God, mm-hmm. that begins with self-growth, to where we can help others. Yes. We can look back on our episode with Bishop Walls on the importance of integrity. We can we need to be people that are a good example. Yes. We, we need to have that integrity, have that character. So how can I be a good example to those around me? I can only tell you this. Look to the greatest example that was ever recorded in all of history in Jesus Christ. Amen. Paul wrote it like this in 1 Corinthians 11 and 1. Be followers of me even as I also am of Christ. Right. One of the greatest Christians to ever exist. And Paul said, listen, you can follow me. I'm just trying to follow Christ. That's all we're trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. Study the scripture. Look at the stories of Jesus. Speaking of Bishop Wallace, he recently wrote a book entitled Beginning at Moses that shows the connection to Jesus throughout all of Scripture. Want to be a better example? Look to the example. The example, yes. I mean, where? why would we go anywhere else? Right. We can look at all of the books, you know, 10 Steps to Build a Better You. Do it like this. Do it like that. Why don't right. I just look to the book and have the most perfect human as my example? Amen. If we want to be better at dealing with people, Jesus had the answer to every situation, to riding in the dirt, mm-hmm. to speaking at the well, or to calming the storms, or even flipping tables. I'll tell you, sometimes I'd rather do the latter, yet I've never found the right opportunity to come into church and to flip tables. I don't know why. Maybe I'm just not at the right points in my <laughs> ministry yet. But being a better example to others also depends on how you view others. 
If we do nothing but talk bad about those we serve or those that we work with, nobody's going to trust you because they're going to think you're talking about them all the time. Right. If they hear you talking bad about people that you serve, people that you lead, when you walk away, they're going to think that you're talking about them. Yeah. And and they you, will. And you probably are. Yeah, they will. We need to grow in our view of people. We need people. Mm-hmm. We, we use people because people use us. Mm-hmm. And that's not a bad thing. We like to think of uh, people using you like it's a dirty thing or you're just trying to get the best out of people. No, people use us and we use people like a person, a carpenter uses a hammer. Right. It helps get the job done. Yeah. Uses a nail gun. It helps get the job done. When I fall, I need someone to help pick me up. When they fall, they should expect the very same from me, even more so as being a leader. Well, I will say this, and then we can uh, go on, is your outward example shows your inward heart. That's right. You know, Paul wrote to a young preacher by the name of Timothy, and he said... That's a pretty good name. Uh, yes, it is a great name. Let no man despise thy youth. Mm-hmm. Okay, w- w- that's a great line we often quote, but he continues with, with this. He continues with this. But be thou an example of the believers mm-hmm. in word, what you say, in conversation, how you interact, in charity, how you serve and how you give and how you love, in spirit, that's your attitude, in faith, in purity. And so for a young leader out there, it's very important to work on these aspects of their life because they're laying the foundation of credibility. Right. When you talk about, okay, for this new year, I'm going to work on me, and I want to make sure that I am both internally and externally, I have that example. Mm-hmm. I'm working on that. And can I just say it like this? I know he's talking to young preachers. Uh, this is for all ministers, leaders of all ages, is that if you're going to lead in an area of charity, then be an example. Right. If you're going to lead in an area of attitude, you can't have a bad attitude and then tell everybody. It's kind of like the 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 parent that's puffing on a cigarette, telling their their child quit smoking marijuana. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it it is that that example that helps them be able for to be someone that that okay, I want to emulate that, right? And I'll follow that. Well, then their influence, right, has value. And I think it goes back to what we were saying a little bit earlier is that a lot of times us as leaders like to view New Year's resolutions or a new slate, the new way of thinking as a negative context, but that's not the case. It's a fresh start for everyone. And sometimes I think it would be good for the people that you serve, the people that you lead to hear you say, you know what, I'm working on myself they would they would put more trust and faith in you because then you're being real you're being yes. honest yes. i'm taking some time i'm taking the first couple of days of the year i'm tithing it to god that's what we do here at npc with 37 days of consecration but what that does and sometimes you can apply that just to your own personal life i need to take some time cuz i've got to work on myself yeah then people will view that and say Wow, he is improving himself so that he is doing a better job leading yes. us. Well, you you know, 
uh, I go back to, and, and I know we've shared this on the podcast before, when um, uh, Chick-fil-A was having a big uh, battle with, at that time, a, a restaurant called Boston Market. Who? Boston Market. I, know, I said that. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Boston I'm just Mar- the story ends. Ooh, glory yes. to God. Boston Market went uh, to great lengths to say that they were going to put Chick Fil A in in the you know in the loser category that they are going to do better than Chick Fil A. Mm. And I forget all the the numbers, but it was you know they were going to outshine Chick Fil A and be the number one um, chain in that venue. And so. Chick-fil-A leaders gathered, and this is a story that you know you can find on the internet. It's just an incredible story, but uh, the the president, Dan Cathy, slammed his fist on the table, uh, so the story goes, and said, I'm tired of us talking about how we can get bigger. I want to talk about how we can get better, because mm. if we can get better, then people will want to come right. And we will store. get bigger, and we will get bigger. That's good, and, and I think it's that's that t- dovetails into into a new year. the The question is, we've got the opportunity to get better. What do we do? What are those steps? And here, in just a few moments, we're going to get into some practical things, but we're dealing with concepts now that I think will help you if you're working towards getting better, because nobody grows. And nobody gets more successful if they don't constantly work at their craft. Right. And I like how you uh, you worded that, is that before we can get bigger, we've got to get better. Yes. And the reason I like that is because you can't handle bigger until you're better. That's true. We, as especially speaking as pastors, as church leaders— we love to have more money in the church. Mm-hmm. We would love to be able to give more to missions than we already do. Mm-hmm. We'd love to have a bigger sanctuary to fit all of the hundreds and hundreds of people flocking to our assembly. We Amen. would love that. But if we can't handle that, if we can't be responsible enough, if yes. we're not better is what I'm trying to get at, yes. then we shouldn't receive bigger until we are better. That has everything to do with foundation. Exactly. The foundation is 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 okay, or that vision. Let's go back to yes, talking about vision. The, that's the vision is that I want to get better, and if I get better, then God's will will be done in my life. Absolutely. And if God's will is done in my life, then the success will come. The, the success is measured by Him exactly, and not by by numbers. external numbers and right. things of that nature, but. All right, so that was outward example. So the first category was self-growth, and then the second one was outward example, and then this brings us to our third and final category, which I called kingdom connection. Okay, explain. So that is, how can I help advance the kingdom of heaven here on earth? Mm -hmm. So self-growth was internally. Outward example was externally. Yes. Kingdom connection, spiritually. Mm. All of these categories can be summed up together in this final area. If I want to have self-growth or if I want to be a better ex- outward example, it all comes from having a good kingdom connection. Mm-hmm. This can all be dwindled down to a kingdom connection. You want to be a better father, get a better connection to the kingdom. Yes. You want to be a better minister or leadership role, get connected to the kingdom. Mm-hmm. It's all by getting closer to God 
And that goes right from where we left off of being better. Being better means getting closer to the kingdom, closer to God. And the more we do that, the more we push to that kingdom, the bigger we will be, the better we will be in ourselves. Amen. So in Matthew chapter 6, we see Jesus go through the chapter giving direction from his famous Sermon on the Mount. Verses uh, 1 through 4 cover giving to the needy, which leads us into the infinite, uh, infamous Lord's Prayer. Uh, I'm not going to be reading all of these verses. You can go back and read that for yourself. It's a powerful chapter in Scripture. But And from that, he goes from the Lord's Prayer, and then he goes into covering fasting. And then he covers on the topic of laying up your treasures in heaven. And from that topic, he then goes into the subject of anxiety and fear. Mm-hmm. And while he's going through all that, you know, you... Look at that kind of outside of um, the chapter. Mm-hmm. If you look at it and you can kind of see it summarized, I know some Bibles, they kind of show you summaries of the scripture or they show you what these scriptures are going to cover. And you kind of take a bird's eye view and you look at that and you see, well, what's Jesus doing here? It kind of seems like he's bouncing from one thing to another almost. Mm-hmm. But there's a reason for that. Because why is he going from fasting to treasures in heaven and then he goes from treasures in heaven you know you know don't worry about things on this earth but you have treasures in heaven but then he goes directly into anxiety and fear Mm -hmm. and then he starts talking about you know behold the fowls of the air they do not sow yet they reap or he talks about the lilies of the field they they don't uh, wither or toil and yet they grow and what he begins to tell us is about how he's always watching and always protecting mm-hmm. that you don't have to worry about all of this because, yes, if the fowl and the lilies of the ground can be covered, then how about us that every hair on our head is numbered? Amen. Yes, sir. But then he says this in his famous scripture in Matthew 6 and 33, mm. but seek ye first the kingdom of God Amen. and his righteousness. And sometimes we like to stop right there. Mm-hmm. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek the kingdom and seek his righteousness. That's where we like to. But then Jesus says this, and all of these things shall be added unto you. Mm-hmm. Everything I've said up until this point, every positive thing, when I was talking about the birds and I was talking about the lilies, that they don't have to worry, you don't have to worry about either. When you seek the kingdom, that's good. all of that's going to be added unto you. That's good. If I'll set my eyes on the kingdom of God, all of that's coming to me. Yes, sir. At the basis of all of our ideas, all of our resolutions, and our hopes for this new start in this new year, we've got to seek the kingdom first. That's good. Because through the kingdom comes self-growth. Mm-hmm. Through the kingdom comes a better outward example. From the kingdom, we're going to see bigger and better things. Yes. And that goes back to what we were saying. Get in that prayer closet. Get closer to the kingdom. That's yeah. not just a statement we like to say. We're not just trying to twiddle our thumbs and give you a positive message. Yes. We're trying to show you that's truly how you grow. Yes. That's truly how you get better is by getting connected to the kingdom. Uh, that That is awesome, David. And... um. I think I would, what I'd like to do is I'd like to uh, talk about some practical things. If you're absolutely, if you're at a point where we can discuss that, because, and this is personal with me, and I'm going to share some of my personal things. I'm 60, 
one years old, and I feel like I still wrestle with being productive and getting my doing my time right mm-hmm. and getting you know taking advantage of the day. I told someone the other day. I said, he said, you know, he was a, he said. Hey, is there anything I pray for you about? And I said, yeah, help me pray how to turn 24 hours into 48, and you yeah. let me know. But we all have this limited amount of time. Don't matter. Time don't care how much money you got in the bank account. Mm-hmm. Time don't care how smart you are. Right. Time doesn't care about your personality. What I find so interesting about that, though, is you see all of these people to the poorest person in the most third-world res- desolate country, yeah. Or you see the top of the top billionaires, successful yes. people. We've all got the same amount of time. We do. Everybody's got the same allotted time. The the key is, okay, how are we going to manage that time? How are we going to take care of that time? Mm-hmm. And so if I can, yeah. I'm going to quote a very philosophical person right okay. now. Okay, let's get And he said, deep. Yesterday uh-huh. is history. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow is a mystery. Mm. But today is a gift. That is why it's called the present. Isn't that awesome? It's it's good, but it came from Master Ugwe and Kung Fu Panda. Well, can't we just pause for a moment and just let that sink in? It's so true, though. It is true. It is true. It, it, we need to be thankful for this day. God yes. gave it to us. <laughs> but when I was... This, this happened to me within the last 15 years. I had a season where I said, okay, God, I need to know what my kingdom assignments are. First of all, learn what your gifts are. Right. Understand what your gifts are and what your gifting are. And and, and we have a whole podcast about that. You can go back and look at that. But um, you know what your gifts are. And then that alone time with God is to seek what your kingdom assignments are. And... Um, they're going to be pretty consistent. They're going to be pretty consistent with this is what what they are and this is how you move. I'm going to share some of them with you just to clarify what I'm talking about. So I I believe that that I have come to the understanding that God's given me five kingdom assignments. Mm. Five kingdom assignments. Number one is disciple and shepherd people. And that begins with my family. If it doesn't deal with my family, if it's if it's outside of okay, I'm I'm also called to this church to disciple and shepherd MPC and my mission field. I'm called to disciple and shepherd those that are a part of my pastoral group that I'm involved with. But it all comes up back under that same assignment. Right. I'm discipling. I want people to 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 get closer to the Lord. Right. That are in that, and if it does, if if I have a task that comes up, and it doesn't, you know, fit one of these categories, you put it on the back burner. I put it on the back burner. Or I put it in file thirteen. Mm. Number two, you know, equipping people for ministry, adding value to people for ministry. That again includes my family. That includes where the Lord has called me to MPC. That also includes those that I come in contact with, whether it be in the district that I serve or the pastors I serve or those that, you know, I want to equip people to be better in ministry than, than, than I am. I'm not, I don't want to be someone that just buries my baton with me. I want to give out. I want to, I want to give out so that when I'm, I'm done, 
and my life is done, then I can look at an appointment and I can say, okay, is it equipping people? Mm. All right, my calendar needs to reflect that. And I like I like that because you've stated before, and I always think of this, is that, and I don't remember if you said you quoted it for somebody, but the richest place in all of the earth yeah. is the gravesite. It's a graveyard because people... They bury their talents. They, they bury yes. their anointings. Like you said, they just took the baton with them. Yeah, they did. So, you know, that's, that's an, another kingdom assignment. The other is... And this one may be, and this is clear for clarification for me, may not be for you, but this is just my practical way of looking at it is number three is to help others reach their purpose. Mm. I want David to reach his purpose. I want my family. I want my wife, um, Sister Sister Gill, I want her to reach her purpose. I want MPC to reach his purpose. People right. in our... I want our preacher's group, our minister's group, our pastor's group, reach their purpose, those that I serve in the district. If I can help you mm-hmm. get to where God wants you to be, I feel like that I've done Your part. My, my, my assignment. Mm-hmm. Okay? If I can exalt others to get to the place. and uh, but, that, but that is another part of the assignment. And Real quick, I have a question for you yes. that somebody might have. How do you, I understand it's through prayer, I understand it's through receiving from God, Mm -hmm. but sometimes it's hard to take what God's speaking to you and put it into words and put it into ideas like you are right now in your calling. How did you do that? Well, it it took me a while. Like I said, I was, was, you know, hung up on being like, you know, following every squirrel, Mm -hmm. you know, going down every trail until... Uh, and I had an elder in my life that talked to me about it, and he said, "I can't tell you how, but you got to go find it with the Lord, discover your gifts, and then let ask the Lord to help you put it into that assignment to know what that is." And so, helping others reach their purpose—that's mm-hmm. that's very much like equipping, but it is different because uh, I can equip people. But if they don't reach their purpose, I've I've failed. Mm. So it's taking it that extra step. Yeah, I want to take that extra step. Number four is, and these are just my my kingdom assignments that that work for me. Um, I want to advance the kingdom by various outlets. This podcast is part of it. Is a kingdom assignment, right? So I have to make time for this. Mm. See what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Um, writing a book that I've been writing for years <laughs> is is a is a part of my assignment. Yeah. Um, you know what I do at social media, or what I do if I preach a conference or something like that, serving the district, whatever whatever the case may be. Uh, I want to advance the kingdom, and that's what you said a while ago. And and um, the other one is a little bit more personal. I'm gonna just leave it at that. Okay. But there's five. Five things. I look at my calendar, mm-hmm. and I have <laughs> now. This is pretty, uh, very much an order of me. I color code in my calendar according to my assignments, mm. so I can see at a I glance. Don't think that's order, huh? I don't think that's order. <laughs> I think that's whatever the nerd one is. <laughs> well, anyway, but th- that's just the system that I've come up with. I right. can see in advance that, that okay. Well, this pertains to that, and this pertains to this. 
And I ask myself this question. For instance, um, I've been honored with the position of a, of a superintendent in Indiana of the Assemblies uh, of Lord Jesus Christ. I'm honored to carry that. But if it doesn't match in one of these five assignments, I, I, I'm not Or gonna, if it ceases to... Or it ceases to do that, mm-hmm. then I'll step aside. And I think that's a hard thing to do. I think that's a hard thing to think of, as yeah. in like... We as people like to achieve roles. We mm-hmm. like to achieve so-called success, however yeah. you view it. A position could be success. Yes. And it's hard to say the moment that this position steps in between me and my purpose or me in this yeah. connection with God or me in one of these roles, mm-hmm. I'm stepping away. Stepping away. And I've because had to do a lot that. Of, exactly. And a lot um, of people would view it as this position will always be something that helps me achieve this mm-hmm. process or these goals. Well, then, that's not always the case. But the p- position then becomes the the object rather than the assignment. It becomes an idol. It does become an idol. And I have been there where I held, I had a position. It was a very uh, a high position. I was honored. But the moment that it began to, I began to see that I'm not fulfilling this assignment, mm-hmm. I knew that I had to resign. Right. It had nothing to do with politics. It had nothing to do with uh, those I was working with. I loved them. I appreciate uh, the visionary leadership and everything that I was a part of. But I knew that there was a transition coming, right? And that I no I had to longer get priorities. I had to. I had to reassess that. And here's here's one thing that it guards me against. And maybe this will help somebody. Is that if your Position. If you're involved in a, a a place where you have a position, if your position holds you, you need to remember this: men vote you in, men will vote you out. Mm. That's so true. But if you make it about the assignment, then all of a sudden you don't worry about getting voted in and voted out. You don't worry about that. If God leads you to that, okay, and you don't get voted in, all right, I'm going to go fulfill that somewhere else. Absolutely. I'll do something else. So those are the five things that, that I do. And then when, I, when I'm making up my calendar, I look to see how they fit in, uh, you know, do, the, do, they, do they match up to these assignments? Right. It makes it a whole lot easier to say no to things too. Oh, absolutely. Because everything that you say yes to, you got to say no to something else. That's right. So to it's me, in that same twenty four hours that we're all yes. given. So to me, it's about just being. Uh, I know that that may not be a system that works for you, but get a system that works for you. Right. Work on that system. You talk about improving yourself. You have to be willing to improve yourself on the practical side as well. Absolutely. Uh, you know, writing something down, have a clarity of your system. Know what it'll help you know what to do, um, and so. Uh, I think it's very important to have a system that's clear and simple, mm-hmm. but that's my personality. Now, what I just said may not be simple to somebody else, but it is to me. Right. And it may be a confusion to somebody else, mm-hmm. but it isn't to me. And I think a lot of that is is that from a younger side, we look at somebody like you who's been in the ministry for quite some time, and I'm not trying to be rude in any way. Been around for a while, especially when it comes yeah, to ministry. Um, I got I got some miles but, on this but, body. Yeah, but it's easy <laughs> to say. Well, he can do that because he's experienced so much. He's been through so much. 
But that doesn't give you any excuse. That doesn't give me any excuse to not try. Right. Because, again, I'm going to quote Bishop Walls. I asked him one time, how did you get to where you are? Mm-hmm. And I asked him, where did you get to be in this level of integrity, character? And I was trying to be just blunt with him. Yeah. And he said, you only reach a goal by taking it a day at a time. <laughs> He has a way of making things just, uh, he says, succinctly saying them and put them in, into mm-hmm. a... But that's so true. It is if true. we want to achieve that, I'll be honest, what you have in those, in those practical ideals and goals, I don't have that. But you will. I will. I've just got to know that that is out there. Yeah. I got to know that that process is out there. And that yeah. gives me something to look forward to and to learn and to grow yeah. in spirituality and to grow in myself because I can look and to see people like you, see people like Papa, and see that they are working like a fine-tuned oil machine. Mm-hmm. And that gives me something to strive well, towards. Well, let me give you this. This will bring you some hope. It took me about 30 years. Well, <laughs> I haven't even been around 30 years, so. But I will tell you what you have the advantage on is that I didn't learn about it. Yeah. Until I was close to 30 years. Ergo, this is part of the reason for this podcast. Yeah. I didn't learn that that, that if I can identify what my assignments are, it brings clarity. Mm-hmm. It brings peace. Safety. And it yeah, brings safety, and it helps me be productive to the best of my ability. Now, uh, I do want to just kind of shift gears here uh, about something and then, uh, you know, We'll, we'll, we'll get the landing gear out on this podcast and start wrapping it up. But I, I want to talk about some toxic behaviors that you got to stay away from when you're starting your new year mm. and really throughout the whole year. And that is stay away from manufactured drama. Mm. Stay away from manufactured drama. People who love drama will sap your energy. Yes, they will. They'll suck it dry. They'll drain you and eat up your time when they are have just so dra- so much drama. You know, I go back to something that I heard Brother Osborne say uh, years ago is that Jesus didn't heal everybody. Mm. He walked by blind people and didn't heal them. He walked by, and and I am not the Christ that's the best scripture. I am not opinion. the cry. <laughs> yeah, for a leader, that is the best scripture ever. And I have enough drama in life yeah. and ministry. I don't need to be manufacturing drama. Yeah. Stay in your assignment lane. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Uh, identify those drama kings and queens that 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 are in your world because they will they will literally suck your time. Right. And you have to learn how to manage them and go around them and and know what how to respond yeah. to text and phone calls and things like well, that. Well, the Bible's got a phrase for that. He says, mark them. Mm. And what he's referring to is there, don't, unless it gets to that point, I've never had to do that. I've seen you do it maybe once or twice where it gets to a point where you have to verbally call them out. Mm-hmm. But he's not says, necessarily saying that in that instance, but he's saying in your mind, Yep. Know that every time you talk to that person, yep. every time you are connected to that person, every time that person is around behind the scenes, know that yep. that spirit or that that nagging personality is there. 
Yes. And and so I think it's very important in your planning of the year is to watch for the pitfall and the toxic attitude of manufactured drama. Those that make it don't create your own, you know. Hey, if you're in the ministry, if you're a leader, you're going to face enough drama. If you need not... some drama, watch some soaps. Ooh. Mm. I don't advise that. No. I couldn't tell yeah. you the last soap let's, I watched. Let's, let's, let's just go on. The, the, the next thing that I think is a, a toxic thing that we need to be guarding about in, in preparing for the year is panic. Mm. Panicking. Panicking is never a, a pro- productive thing to do. No, it is not. You know, rather it's an con- easy thing to do. It's an easy thing to do. But if you are consistent, steady, and faithful, and in the path of good leadership, you don't have to panic. Right. God's got this. Doesn't mean there isn't chaos around. You know, I go back to COVID and the pandemic that happened there. Um, how we face challenges, how we face detours, and how we face setbacks, we have to be very aware that our our time may be, our schedule may just be blown up. Right. Don't panic. It's going to be all right. Good planning will help alleviate the panic. You know, we, we have a um, a process here at the church that we 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 intentionally plan out our services and we call it plan B. But what happens is that when when our singers and musicians, this is the way it works for us, are readily aware, okay, this is what we're doing, there's a relaxing. Mm. There's a relaxing that we can do and serve our gift. By relaxing, I mean it's not there's not this you know like you're being overwhelmed. It's, it's not worrying about like the like Jesus said with the fowl or the lily. Yeah, it's not worrying about things that are out of your hand. Yeah, but it's understanding that God's got it in control. Absolutely, there is a plan. There is. A Navy SEAL Rourke Denver one time said, "Calm is contagious." That's the good. moment of crisis, people will evaluate the temperature of their leader. The result is simple: you panic, they will too. They panic. If you're calm, it draws them towards your level of emotion and away from theirs. And, and I go back to COVID. One thing that COVID taught me as a pastor and, and me and Sister Gill in our leadership role is that it really helped to have a plan. Mm-hmm. Once we kind of learned, like, r- real early in, we realized that we had to have a plan. Okay, here's what we're going to do if we get here, if we get there, if we get to this point, if we right. have that going on. Here's what we're going to do. And it kept us from being full of panic. Right. And so I think that's very important. Let me just give you a couple more to guard of uh, uh, negative things to guard away from in uh, the new year. Next one is being critical. Critical. Dale Carnegie said, any fool can criticize, condemn, and complain, and most do. Mm. We realize that in this season that we're in, criticism tears people down, and it also is a time killer. Because you can get into that negative thinking, and everything is critical, everything is negative, everything that you see, no matter what you're doing, this is bad and that is bad. Ben, that's real close to the drama, making up, you know, drama in your own life. 
But there are negative things and traits and attitudes we need to run from, and that's just a few of them. And so today, uh, we're in a new year. we got new beginnings. Hey, let's face it with passion. Let's face it with purpose. Absolutely. Let's face it with the challenge. Meet the challenge. Enough with the wimpy, I don't know if I can make it, and how bad everything is. Woe is me. And just simply say, okay, I need to improve here. I'm going to face it as a challenge. And that's not always easy to do, but it is necessary. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, David, man, what a great topic we've been on today. And, man, we so appreciate you listening to us and being a part of this podcast. And uh, we're, we're just going to encourage you, go and like us uh, on, uh, on, on Facebook. Check out our Facebook page. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us. And uh, we really appreciate you sharing and let other people know and help us help others. Absolutely. Because here's, here's our leadership understanding. Here at Kingdom Link, we believe that leadership only matters when it's passed on. So go pass it on. Go pass it on. God bless you. Look forward to being with you next time.